welcome to Respawn Aimfire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast. I am Holden DePardo, and I'm here with... Chad Michael Ennis! This is episode 79. We're going to do a few things a little bit differently in this episode. For starters, we are changing the news format just a little bit. We're going to break things down now by company. So it'll be a segment for Nintendo, for Sony, for Microsoft, and then also for third-party indie uh, PC stuff will probably just be wrapped into third party if we need to talk about PC. If we, we talk about it at all. Exactly, if we talk about it at all. But the idea is that we want to give people the freedom to listen to the content, or at least the, the news that they care about more uh, more easily. So if you don't like Nintendo content, or you don't have a Nintendo system, you don't care, you can just skip that segment if you want to. Same thing for Sony or Microsoft or third party stuff. So if you're but like you're Fez, who doesn't like jokes. Nintendo, you can just skip Nintendo if you don't want to listen to Nintendo. So I hope that kind of Let's you filter the podcast for your own uh, listening pleasure a little bit more easily. We're going to test it out uh, for the next few episodes, probably, unless this is a total disaster. We'll just stop it after this one. But hey, we'll give see us how feedback it on it, too. If you give yeah, us, let us know what you think. If you specifically give us feedback on this format, we'll give you an extra entry into the participation trophy. Ooh. Yeah. That's money in the bank. <laughs> um,. But we have a good episode nonetheless. Despite all those little changes, which are exciting, we have a good episode. Actually, some exciting stuff. We're going to talk about this new Switch rumor that's apparently coming out next year. What? 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 An Harry Potter RPG that oh, leaked. Oh, God, yes. Did you see the footage? Did you watch Oh, the yes, I watched the footage. Did okay, you? good. Well, oh, yes. Absolutely. We'll talk about <laughs> oh, God. It. So uh, we're going to talk about some kind of next-gen teases that are happening on both Sony and Microsoft's end, um, which will be kind of fun to talk about. That's always fun to talk about. Um, and we're talking about Microsoft and Google entering the cloud. And Sexually. kind of they've released or at least announced their services, which is exciting. So let's jump into it. We're going to open up a Nintendo this week. <laughs> we're going to talk about what? Why are you, why are you already laughing? Nothing. What? I'm just entering the, <laughs> entering the cloud is just funny to me. Yeah, whatever. Entering so, the cloud. Sexually. <laughs> so let's talk about this new nintendo switch that's apparently coming next year oh my this god is... rumor mcrumor mill <laughs> this is coming from uh destructoid but really it came from wall street journal but there's a paywall behind all that stuff so <laughs> whatever but we got the details so the details is that it's going to apparently work with all switch software and it's going to have an improved display um ign was able to build on that and say that the uh, Wall Street um, Journal got their sources from suppliers and, quote, others with direct knowledge of the plan. Mm. And that's really all we know. There's not too much that's there. Um, what are your thoughts, Chad? Because we've heard this before. This is not necessarily brand new, but yeah. just, it, there's more credence to it. There's some, like, some scuttlebutt out there. They're like, oh, maybe instead of a 720p screen, it'll be a 1080p screen. I don't think that's the case. Because you would have to mm-hmm. overclock the switch a little bit, like it does whenever it's in the dock, in order to make that happen. Um, yeah. To push all those extra pixels, they'd have to have a slightly better processor, and I just don't. Yeah. I, like, and or, that's or, also or part of the rumor is that maybe it has a Tegra two chip in it. I mean, that'd be interesting. And the the last rumors that we had heard on this were that it was going to be more powerful, but it'd only be for third party titles to take advantage of. Only Nintendo games would work, or sorry, Nintendo games would work on both. Only third party titles would take advantage of the extra power. So there is that, but I just think that would fragment things a little bit too much. Yeah. What it probably is, in my opinion, is probably the equivalent of like when the 3DS released the 3DS XL. It's probably going to be a Switch. Redesigned with thinner bezels, a larger screen, but it's going to be the same resolution, just blown up a little bit to fit that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little thinner. 
Yeah, that's, that's possible. And with a kickstand that doesn't fall over when you push on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing callback. That was the. Do you remember that video was the dumbest thing ever? It was so oh. stupid. Like, yes, it happens when you push on something. It falls. Oh, that was great. Um, see, there's not really too much with this, but I do think that we're hearing more about this, so it makes it seem a little bit more likely that it's going to happen. And also, Wall Street Journal is leaking a lot of things about the Switch before the Switch came out. Yeah, who's talking to Wall Street Journal? I know, yeah. So, I mean, the Wall Street Journal is big with business. It's Wall Street, so. Yeah, I know, but your mom. Wall Street. It's true. But My mom is actually my mom's not at Wall Street, so there's no point there. But your mom's this never be, been to New York City and been to the Giant Bull on Wall Street. I mean, she's been in New York City. I can't speak if she's been to the Giant Bull or not. Well, but she's, go ask her. She's. I'll tell you that if she's ever been to Wall Street, it was to protest it. So okay. <laughs> and I know she's never been to a protest at Wall Street before. So anyway, that's besides the fact. So it'd be interesting if they did release a new Switch because it'd be an interesting precedent for home consoles for Nintendo. They've always had the handheld models getting updated. So you had like 3DS, new 3DS, DS, um, um, DSi, um, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP. Uh, the Game Boy Color, I guess, technically is just a more powerful version, or is uh, just a colored version of the the Game Boy. And the Game Boy also had the Pocket and the Light Edition. So they've always had iterations of their home, of their handheld consoles. But rarely on home consoles, you pointed out to me earlier that they had an, what was it called? The NES, NES 101. 101, released in 93. And it looks ugly as sin. But you should look it up. It's yeah. gross. <laughs> but, you know, so they, they, and they've also done, like, the Wii, was it Wii Mini? Yeah, Wii Mini. That came out after the Wii U was released. Exactly, yeah. So it's not, I don't know, like any time they've done a home console, it's been after a new console has come out. Because even in 93, the SNES was already out at that point. So the NES 101. Was the SNES out in 93? Oh, yeah. It came out before 93, I thought. Uh, 91. I, I think 91 is when 90... it came out. No, that does not sound right. 91. I'm pretty sure 91 is when it came out. Any SNES release date is... The son of a... Oh, whoa, really? 1990? 1990? Really? Okay. Why did I remember that coming out while I was alive? I mean, technically, yes, I was alive, but I was an infant. All right. Yeah, but because, like, uh, Super Metroid was in 95, I think, and that was considered a very late game for SNES. Well, son of a bitch, was call 96. me Taco. North America, August 23rd, 1991. So I was a year and a half. And I was exactly right then, because I said 1991. Boom. You were not exactly right. Exactly right would have been August 23rd, 1991. <laughs> well, it's more right than you were, so shut up. <laughs> you're not right, you're uh, wrong. doesn't matter how close you are to it. That's true. I'm always wrong. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> we got more Nintendo stuff. Just a more few more Nintendo? things. More Nintendo? So just some updates to the Nintendo Switch Online service. Um, one quick update here um, coming from Polygon is that uh, there's going to be some more NES games added to the Switch Online lineup. And it's going to be NES Open Tournament Golf, Solomon's Key, and Super Dodgeball. Ooh. Whoa. And then you had another one for us, Chad, too. Yeah, The Legend of Zelda SP also got sneakily released today as part of that as well, which is a fancy version that is uh, all of the... Really awesome items, plus 255 rupees right from the start of the game. So that was like the original New Game Plus, I guess, except you I've had to never, buy a different version. I've never beaten the original Legend of Zelda game before, so maybe I will 
on that easier mode because it's a really hard game. I say that about once a year, and then I never even download it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you have free access to it on your. Switch, I've had so. access to it on a hundred different machines. This is true. So, next thing for Nintendo here is that Reggie Fizeme uh, made some comments on the mobile app, and specifically the mobile app being used for voice chat. So, I wanted to read those two quotes, and then we will talk about them. First quote here, and then we'll talk about the first quote. Nintendo's approach is to do things differently. We have a much different suite of experiences than our competitors offer, and we do that in a different way. This creates a sort of yin and yang for our consumers. They're excited about cloud saves and legacy content, but we wish we might deliver voice chat a different way, for example. I think that in terms of voice chat and cloud saves and legacy content, uh, Nintendo fans want all of those things to be changed. We don't like generally how that's handled. Very good. But, I don't know, I just thought that was a very empty statement, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, different doesn't always mean good. Yeah. Like, he's not wrong about the yin-yang thing. I mean, Nintendo is different than yeah. Sony and Microsoft. Trail, man. As long as that trail leads to a good place. Yeah. But it's just it's just kind of an empty statement. And the whole yin-yang thing, too. Like, in this case, with this online service, they're not doing things differently. They're just doing things not as well. And that's not the same thing. <laughs> Doing things not as well. Yeah, not the same thing. It's not like there's yin and lesser yin. There's yin and there's yin. <laughs> just ye. Or there's yang and yan. Yams. God, sweet potatoes are great, man. <laughs> the second quote here, and I think this had much more substance to it. This is Reggie fils again. He said, What we see is a situation where we know that Nintendo Switch is being played in, an op- in, in the open at a park on a Metro bus. We believe the easiest way for you to connect and have a peer-to-peer experience with voice chat is that your mobile phone, it's always there. It's always with you. Yeah, I think Thoughts you pointed chat. out, um, well, if your mobile phone, if you're in a park and you got to use your mobile phone to connect to people to talk... You probably got to use your mobile phone as a hotspot to connect to people for your Switch, too. So you might as well have just fucking done it all from the same machine anyway. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. It's really stupid. Um, it's a better reason than I think they've ever given on this, but it's still not enough for me. Yeah. No. I, don't think, I don't think an app is a bad idea. I mean, every one of these I companies has, has an app. No, PlayStation has an app. Uh, sorry, has an app. Uh, a voice chat app. A voice chat app, yeah, that's what I have a problem with. It just doesn't make sense. I've been flip-flopping on this a lot, but I think I'm pretty much set now on it should just work through the headphone jack of the Switch. Like Fortnite does. Like every console I'm sure Fortnite has lots of, like, power it can pull because it has a big old dick in this gaming industry right now. You could say an epic-sized dick. Oh! Oh, Oh, shit. Very good. (laughs) <laughs> I'm very aroused right now by your wit. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have That's to say it. about yeah. that. Forrest That's all Gump. I got to say about the Nintendo stuff as well. Oh, shit. Well, hold in. That's uh, one chunk of our news. We're going to now yeah. transition to talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week. What does Playtime with Holden look like? Ooh, so much fun. I played a half hour of Assassin's Creed Odyssey to get an impression of the project uh stream oh service. shit google's project stream we both, Chad and got, I both got in on it yeah yeah Essentially, if you we follow have three us on invites. twitter you yeah. know that that's why we delayed our episode today so that we could have a little bit of time with assassin's creed odyssey we're gonna get more into those impressions later in the episode yeah uh, as part of our main quest did you play anything else this week 
Um, not at all. But I just want to share someone else's experience. With what? Um, it was my brother's birthday this weekend. <gasps> oh, how old is he? He's 13. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever age you said, I was going to say lame. Yeah. And I got him Hollow Knight. Oh. And he has put in 17 hours into that game since Monday. Good for him. I have Hollow yeah. Knight and I put in zero hours on it. <laughs> he says he absolutely loves it. He is stuck on a very hard boss where you walk into a room and there's just five dead knights on the ground. And then one of them gets up and starts to like roll around and it's really hard to dodge him and kill him. And then once you kill him, one of the other knights rises up from the dead and starts to fight you. And a little like 30 seconds after you start fighting him, another knight starts to get up and starts fighting you. And it was already hard fighting one. Then you have to fight two. And every time you kill one, another knight gets up and starts to fight you. So would you say that the knight... It's hard. The knight that rises, would you classify them or describe them as dark? They are dark knights. So the dark knight rises. Yes. He can be whatever Gotham needs them to be. Okay. Yeah. It's a great example. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I'm Gotham Dragoning. Uh, so my brother is... is um is struggling in the same area, and I fought that boss probably 50 times because I just couldn't do it. It was (laughs) so hard. I, like, came back. I left and would come back and, like, still couldn't beat him. I'd leave again, try something else, like, explore another area, then come back again. So it's kind of cool to see, like, my brother is in that kind of same point that I was in struggling the same way. Kind of cool to see that you don't suck that bad. Exactly. (laughs) Somebody else fucking sucks too, even though he's happy. Exactly. No, my brother's better at games than I am. Oh, he's really good. Yeah, I can tell you only got through half of Donkey Kong Country too. <laughs> <laughs> um, he hasn't put any of it, so there's no comparison there. Good. But it was kind of cool to though, just to kind of um, hand down an experience like that to my brother. Look at you, because I really liked that game. I mean, at this point, it's like when we get to hold what's your game of the year? It's going to be. It's there's no anticipation building up to this anymore. It's because everyone knows you didn't play anything but Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> there's that, but I'm going to play a lot more with the games coming out in the next few months. So all right, all right, all right. And it's Celeste as well. Celeste was a great game. All right, you played in Celeste January. and Hollow Knight in January. <laughs> Jed, what did you play this week? I played also Assassin's Creed Odyssey on Project Stream, um, but I also will delay that talk until later. What if I just talked about it now, but I made you wait to talk about it later? <laughs> I, if I had to comment on anyone of your opinions, I have to wait to say anything. I'm going to write them down. <laughs> and then like, you're going to say them all out of context, said, but in order. Yeah, I'll just list them out. <laughs> but I also start – I listen to what I did. I'm a grown-ass adult who manages his time well, and I started playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, my gosh. I'll wait for you to golf clap. Thank you very much. That kind of sounded like you were just jacking off, but (laughs) (laughs) I did. I played Symphony of the Night on my Vita. I have been playing it exclusively on the bus or on lunch breaks at work, and I've played for maybe about four hours now, and I'm digging this game. We'll talk more about that at the end of the month, but that's it. That's all I played this week as well, which makes that segment super short. Let's jump back into some quest shit. Quest log. We're going to jump into all of our third-party and indie content for new stories. And we're going to start off with a super exciting story. Oh, Lord, it is a fire. Harry Potter RPG gameplay footage has leaked, and holy shit, it looks so cool. Um, the article here comes from uh, Kutaku, um, Jason Schreier, but the video itself is from a Reddit user who posted video from a focus group. 
that he was in, and they apparently didn't have him sign an NDA, so he was able to leave. And How like, well, the fuck does that happen? Well, it's probably a third-party company dealing with it. I don't know. Maybe he's like showed up a little bit late or something. I have no idea. But it's it's odd he called it out because he just gave out that information saying, yeah. oh, they didn't have me sign an NDA. Yeah, he said – so it took place in like a, a mall market research, and he went there. And not only did they forget to have him sign an NDA, they just forgot to search him for his cell phone and didn't notice that he was recording the entire gameplay footage thing. Yeah. They've taken the video down, but there are so many mirrors and re-uploads in yeah, this you video. Can find it's it. not hard to find. And oh so, my god, it looks so fucking good. It's all I've ever wanted from a Harry Potter game, except for maybe a little VR element in it. But it's so good looking. Well, there might be a VR element. We don't know that yet. You're right. Like a VR mode. You're right. We don't know. Oh! So it was like a, what, a two-minute clip? Yeah, it was about like two minutes. Like a minute and a half? Yeah. And it was just kind of, it, was, it just looked like an E3 tease trailer. That's basically yeah. what it was. It was they were focus grouping different... an E3 tease trailer. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see this in the Game Awards or something like that, because he'd probably want to start focus testing that Yeah. around now before then. And also that would make a lot of sense to kind of put in close to the Game Awards when a new Harry Potter movie's been out for about a month at that yeah. point. Um, or they're going to release that trailer shortly after the new Harry Potter movie comes out. I don't know. Um, but it is not Harry Potter. You're not playing as Harry Potter. Apparently you are a fifth-year student at Hogwarts. A, a fifth-year student who got his invitation late for some reason, but has always had a, a magical ability. So this mm-hmm. is his first year at Hogwarts, even though he's a fifth-year age. Yeah. And you're playing in the 1800s. Yes, which oh is very, gosh. very, very cool. And it's open world. So in the, in the footage they were showing, the Forbidden Forest, Hogsmeade, walking around Hogwarts. I would assume, since it's a Harry Potter game... You're going to go to classes. You're going to learn a new spell or a new potion or something like that at that class that you'll then use as a level, a level later on in the game at some point. I'm you assuming that's going to be how it works. Uh, well, they said you get, you get to choose your own character. You, make, you pick mm-hmm. one from one of eight classes. They didn't, you know, like when you read, they were like, what does that fucking mean? But if you think about the Harry Potter world... Maybe you are a class that uses a lot of potions, like Snape, or maybe you're a class that focuses on defense against the dark arts spells. Or maybe so you're basically you're a... kind of like majoring in something at the school. Exactly. Maybe you're transmogrification, yeah. and you can change into animals or objects and things like that. Well, they should show. I think they showed you turning into a book or something like that. In the, oh my god! In the trailer. But you know what else I love? Most most Harry Potter games have been either like really shitty licensed tie-ins or Lego games. Well, because yeah, they've all been movie games. Yeah, they've and you all been but that. to like use the spells, you'll walk up to something. You're like, cool. To open this door, use the Elohomora spell. But in this one, you can see in some of the screen sh- or some of the video that there's like a list of spells on the left that you could use at any time. So it's like you could mm-hmm. probably use like the Cruciatus Curse or something like that uh, on the the on a whim, just like you know what mm, over there. You see that fucking house off uh, Imperio? Boom! I now have yeah, control it, of your body. It definitely feels like a third person action RPG in that sense, where you're kind of shifting between abilities kind of quickly, targeting with your wand in the moment as well. In terms of combat. God, it looks so good. And the destructible environments. That was the coolest thing. Yes. There was one part where he was shooting his, his wand or whatever spell it was, and it was hitting these columns. And they would just crumble and fall to the point where when enough of the columns fell, the support for the roof, that portion of the roof, collapsed and the roof fell. Did Fucking you notice boner that? Boner City, man. Boner That was really city. impressive. That was really, really cool. That's the kind of stuff that tells me this is – we don't know who's making it. We have no idea. But this is not some, like, cash-in game. This we seems do have like some it is a idea. legit. 
Yeah, so I'm going to get to that. So the only idea we have, and this is very vague, which is why I'm not saying this is official. We don't know who officially who's working on it. Right. Um, Avalanche could be working on this game, or Rocksteady could be working on this game. Jason Schreier has already said that it's not going to be Rocksteady. I think a lot of that comes from the destructible environments, which is very much a Rocksteady thing to do. Yeah. Um, but Schreier said no. The other theory is that Avalanche is working on this because they, um, in April of last year, um, were hiring for a, quote, talented storyteller with a deep understanding of British culture and grammatical presentation. They make open world games, which is what this game is. Um, and the talented storyteller with a deep understanding of British culture is very specific to Harry Potter. I can't think of any other game franchise. To be clear, this is anything. not Avalanche Studios, creators of Rage. And mm-hmm. this is Avalanche Software, which is Disney Infinity, yeah. Cars. So yeah, they so have they give the clarification. With, yeah. yeah. They have, they have uh, lots of experience with licensed games and, you know, with Disney Infinity having big open areas and shit like that mm-hmm. but oh man hold on i can't wait for the official reveal of this and then i'm gonna squee with joy when i we're, finally get my hands on it we're gonna see this reveal within the year i'm convinced of it within 2018 yeah within 2018 we kind of have to i mean yeah it's out that, there well it's not even that but like that trailer seemed really far along and yeah. they they're not gonna ready a trailer right now for e3 next year or something that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but I don't do marketing in video games, so I could be ignorant and naive. Why not? Speaking of ignorant and naive, Holden, let's talk about Andrew. Telltale. Oh, Holden, that was rough. Hey, <laughs> that was rough. I mean, to describe their leadership, yes. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, Telltale. Uh, just, just bad news keeps coming. Um. We reported, not we reported. <laughs> we reported we breaking about news, news stories. exclusive story. Um, where... if we have, if we have, sorry, if we have breaking news stories exclusive to us, we have to say world premiere exclusive. World premiere exclusive NXX. <laughs> um, no. So uh, we previously talked about the fact that Telltale is going under, laid off all but twenty five ish of its staff, uh, in order to to complete its commitments to like Minecraft story mode for Netflix. However. Uh, a tweet from an employee who was part of that 25 tweeted, her name is Rachel Noel. She tweeted, hey, remember how there was going to be a skeleton crew staying on for a while and I was part of it? Nah, JK, we all just got laid off too. So it turns out that that was not necessarily the case. But! Unfortunate. In steps, Robert Kirkman, creator of Walking Dead, creator of Invincible, all these comic book series and things like that, and owner of Skybound Entertainment, um has his gaming studio, Skybound Gaming Studios or Skybound something, that was just created two years ago, has decided that they are going to uh, finish Walking Dead, the final season, episodes three and four, and they are trying to use as many of the original developers as possible, which I think is a really good and awesome and cool choice. Um, Not much else to say about that. They said more details to come as they know, but... Fucking telltale. Yeah. Crazy story, man. Let's do something a little bit more positive. Keep it Play positive. Dead, the creators of Limbo and Inside, two amazing games if you haven't played them, now available on Switch. Ooh. Their next game is going to have a sci-fi theme. I didn't see this. Um, so they, this is just in an interview. The co-founder, Arnt Jensen, said this quote, The next game became uh, becomes a fairly lonely sci-fi game somewhere in the universe. 
And I like that phrasing of the next game becomes a fairly lonely sci-fi game. Do you? St- Whereas inside you kind of started alone and ended up around people at the end. Is this going to start where you're with people and then you end up alone? Is that going to be like kind of the transition there? No, it's going to start as like a Barbie shopping game and then halfway I would, through. That'd be very surprising. The screen rips in half and it turns out it's actually an alien shopping for shoes. Still shoes. <laughs> I just can't wait to see what these guys do next. They Every game they've released has been like a masterpiece so far. Yeah, but they always take forever, so. Yeah, hey, take as much time as they need. And they've also, too, this is, they are still in the ideas and building phase. This game is very far off. Very so. far off. So before we jump into our Sony and Microsoft news, we're going to just talk about some kind of fetch quests here, some quick stories. Ooh, speaking of with, not far off. Yeah. Stardew Valley is coming to iPhone on October 24th and Android, Woo. quote, soon. It'll be $8 with no microtransactions, and you can actually transfer your process from the CC. From the CC. God damn it. Somebody shoot me in the eyes. <laughs> from the PC. It is the full game, just rebuilt for touch controls. Very I'm cool. I'm so not surprised this is on iPhone. This game is going to explode on iPhone. Yeah. Guess what's not so cool? <laughs> A Dance Dance Revolution movie in the works. Ugh. I, can I just read this description yes, of the movie? Yes, please do. A world on the brink of destruction where the only hope is to unite through the universal language of dance. God, I want to throw up. It sounds like a terrible combination of Footloose and Pixels. If you remember Pixels. Oh, God. That's, that's the, exactly that's, what this is. <laughs> This is it. Just that's the only thing I can think of now is the movie Pixels. When I think of this Dance Dance Revolution movie, this is why we can't have good video game movies. Is they pick the worst properties to make movies. Oh my god! I think it's part of it. At least this sounds horrible. It's being made uh, in partnership with Stampede, Branded Entertainment, and Konami. It's um, Konami. Jesus Christ! I know. I don't respect them enough to say their proper name. Oh my god! I, I thought it'd be really funny if every time that they released a trailer for something, including this Dance and Revolution movie, just start with, like, from the studio that canned Kojima. <laughs> it just bothers it every time. Because everyone thinks every time they hear uh, Kunami, I'm not calling them... Do you know why I call them Kunami? Because it's you're like a racist. <laughs> no, because, like, Toonami from Cartoon Network. And it's cartoonish how stupid they are. I hate you so much. Hey, there's why a rumor you... <laughs> that Animal Crossing... <laughs> Might be launching in early 2019. This comes from Game Rant. Apparently, Loot Pots has anonymous sources pointing towards the first half of the year, March or April. Uh, apparently, they have a strong track record. I'm actually not familiar. Oh, is that? Yeah, Loot Pots. I'm not familiar with Loot Pots. I'm not familiar with either, but I, from what I was reading, people seem to think they have a strong track record, so I included it in there. Nice. Um, most of the Animal Crossing games have come out in November, so March, April would be weird timing. But it makes more sense to release Animal Crossing in March, April than it does to release Pokemon in March, April. And they're not going to release Animal Crossing next to Pokemon. Pokemon's coming out in November. God, I just got a big old boner thinking about Pokemon coming out. (laughs) So that makes sense, but it's just a rumor. Moving on, Cyberpunk 2077. um, There was updates there. Uh, quote from can you pronounce this this name i, I don't i'm gonna butcher this, uh, this i'll name. pronounce it you said current men hardware is what you typed <laughs> oh current gen hardware is that what you wanted but, me to pronounce no oh, okay okay 
<laughs> no, I have no idea how to say must Oh my god, I just tanked in Jen again and it just autocorrected to men. That's why. There we go. That's the patriarchy, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, the name for the quote. Um, yeah, Masiege Pietras. That's, okay. That's what I'm going to say. That that works for me. He is we'll the lead cinematic Peter. animator at uh, CD Projekt Red. He had this to say. He said, actually, from the top, we knew we were developing the game for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. That's pretty interesting. And we started the process of optimization right at the start. So that's probably what you see running um, running the demo is a PC with an i7 and an, a 1080 Ti. So it's not astronomical specs. I, I did some research, and that a computer with those kind of specs, like a PC, would be between 1400 oh. and 2000. Um. So I would say it's a low-end PC, but it's not necessarily super high-end either. Isn't that crazy that $1,400 to $2,000 is a low-end PC? Yeah. Well, I'd say it's not low-end. Low-end would be like $800, would not it? Anyway, the point is, though, is that if they – he said this is the lead cinematic designer, and he said that they were developing the game for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Yeah. Um. That's not the kind of thing you would just say in an interview. They'd be like, oh, never mind. It's a next-gen game. That's not so, what he said. He said. What do you mean? That's not what he said. He said, from the top, we knew we were developing the game for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. That yeah. might be in addition to other consoles. Yeah, it could be. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is he's not going to then turn around and say it's only next-gen is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, the cross-gen thing could be possible. But it's not going to be – it's definitely going to be on PS4 and Xbox One at this point. I think it's the first time we've gotten an official like confirmation. It's always been they haven't really said officially yet, have they? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they had said officially yet. So I didn't super pay attention until the gameplay trailer, and then I'm like, or until the the cinematic trailer they released, and I was like, <gasps> yeah. Another thing I thought was interesting is in the interview he said that there wasn't an idea that they that they had that they weren't able to implement on a technical level. Nice. Which, Which is means cool. they have shitty ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it could mean that, but it also could mean that I think what they're trying to go for is people seem to have this, oh my god, this game seems so ambitious and crazy and over the top and there's no way it could run on a PS4. And I think that's them kind of saying, no, 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 no. It's designed for those systems. I know, like, we're glad you are really impressed by this, but it is designed for the PS4 and Xbox One. So. Yeah. Cool. Moving um, on to Kyrosoft. Who has a very strong uh, presence on iOS. Very highly rated games over there. They are releasing three simulation games on Switch eShop next week. Mm -hmm. Game Dev Story, Hot Springs Story, and Dungeon Village. I have not played uh, Dungeon Village before. But I have played played Game Dev Story and Hot uh, Hot Springs Story. Um, I've gone back to play Game Dev Story many times. When I got my Pixel phone, it was one of the first games that I bought on my Pixel phone just to have it so I knew it could download at any point. I really like their games. They're really simple. They have a very cool 8-bit art style. They're basically just simulation games. Like in Hot Spring Story, you're making a hot spring, and you have to make it better so you get you know more money coming in. Game Dev Story, you're making video games and a game development company that starts very small and becomes a really big company where you're making your own consoles along with your own games. And it's fun. It's, they're really fun, simple games. There are no microtransactions in them. You just pay the money for it. And on Switch, that's awesome. I actually might get it for Switch, even though I already have it for my Android phone. Prove it. Moving on. Rumor. 
Baldur's Gate 3 currently in development. Mmm, intrigued. So the development is allegedly being handled by Larian Studios. They made Divinity Original Sin. And the info um, is coming from two sources. It started off um, with uh, um, a site called uh, RPG Codex. A user there was claiming that he knew that the game was being developed. And then um, Brian Fargo, who is one of the founders of Interplay Entertainment, who made Baldur's Gate the original, tweeted, I happen to know who's working on BG3. Mm, but that could mean, like... No one's working on it. Big guys, three. Oh, BG3 I was going to say, it could mean... necessarily mean Baldur's Gate. It doesn't. I was also thinking it could mean I know who's working on it, and no one's working on it. <laughs> and it's so. me as a hobby, and it's never going to be released. I kind of... <laughs> part of me hopes that it's maybe, like, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 3, but it's definitely not. We'll see. Nice. Next up, Varjo, short for Varlet Johansson, <laughs> raises, <laughs> raises $31 million for industrial VR headset with human eye resolution. Mm, that's a fallacy. Apparently, it's going to have 50 megapixels per eye, 20 times what, like a regular consumer headset. 50 like. megapixels per eye is the exact spec that God gave us. That's right. Yep. God said, how many pixels am I going to put in somebody's eyeball? <laughs> mm, 50 sounds like a good round number it is very very high though yeah 50 megapixels per high is high it is 20 times what consumer headsets have that's crazy and it's going to be probably 20 times the cost five yeah. to ten thousand dollars when released but it is definitely intended for virtual sorry professional use not gaming yeah. yes so they're not they're not at all um expecting this to run like video games this is intended for like studios who want to work with 3d models and make 3d models they want to have finer detail in the resolution they're seeing in a virtual space for those kind of things or like they showed off um one of the demos they showed off was a flight simulator sure and yeah you, and you could actually like move your head closer to the the knobs and the dials and see the letters written on them. If you've tried a flight simulator type game in any VR headset, it doesn't work like that. Not even close. The panels and dials are just blurry messes. I don't know. In job simulator, those donuts look pretty good. (laughs) So this is very cool. The company themselves, Varho said that they expect in seven to eight years, this kind of resolution would be in a consumer headset. But very cool stuff. Just kind of a little tease for the future. Way to go, Varlet. <laughs> Let's go on to Sony news now. Sony PlayStation news. In this, this I need the community's help on. Sony has announced that you will soon be able to change your PlayStation gamer tag, your, your PSN ID, uh, according to the PlayStation blog. So, currently, anyone in the PlayStation preview program, which lets you download beta software to your PlayStation 4, they will have the ability to change their PlayStation name. The first time you change it, it is free. Subsequent times is $10 or 5 if you have PlayStation Plus. But here's the kicker. Well, the reason it's taken so long is because PlayStation, long ago when the PSN was created, when you create an account, you put in a username, and your account is your username. Versus Microsoft, the reason they've been able to have name changes forever is because when you create an Xbox Live account... You create an account, which is random strings of letters and numbers, but you give it a username, like a nickname. So, on this one, all of the the trouble that they've run into is saying, well, shit, 
Chad's is cow tipper. Uh, how the fuck are we gonna change that on the back end of all these things? We can't for all these other games. He's gonna have he's known as cow tipper. That's his account. Well, you're basically gonna give your account a new nickname. You have the option to display both names at the same time if you want, so other people can see your old name, so they know who you are. Uh, and or you could choose just the new name. Whatever it is that you choose, that change apparently is permanent. So if you say, you know what, I want both names. Be like, all right, that's what you got, bitch. I have a problem with that part of it because they're kind of running into the issue now of the name change thing because they name, they made the name permanent at the beginning. So why would they make their process of fixing their permanent issue with the name change, why would they fix that by making something else permanent? Like, why not toggle back and forth? Yeah, I kind of agree. But there are some other things you can toggle because, well, it's going to be a little bit of a shit show at first. <laughs> so changing your name will guarantee will will you'll be able to play any game published after april 1st 2018 without any hiccups which is only six months ago there are a lot of other ps4 games especially the really big ones you know like destiny and the division things like that that were released before that that you'll probably be able to work with no issue on them and in fact come november they're planning to release a list <clears> of supported <throat> games but if you have older systems or older games that you might want to play online with or that might access your PSN ID for some reason, it might just straight up not work. And you then have the option to say, oh, well, you can revert back to your original name if you want. to, f And it will mostly fix most of those issues. But even that they're not certain on. So I appreciate that they're, they're making strides to make it happen and that they're like, we're going to fucking be in beta for a little bit. And then in early 2019, release the feature to everyone else. But here's what I want. I want everyone to help me pick my new PSN ID. Because as I mentioned, mine is currently Caltipper. But what makes <laughs> Wait, it... Wait, you don't want to keep Caltipper? You know, I kind of have it on everything gaming related. But I also want one thing that I'm now going to use for my Instagram, my Twitter, my... Mm -hmm game things like i want one thing across all of the platforms yeah and cow tipper is stupid i mean the you reason you have made the it... same username and the same password for everything online yes! <laughs> so what makes like what what makes a good gaming id like is it funny is that what i should go for is it like my name chad i think you should be the best you you can possibly be that's too long. I don't think they'll let me make that. <laughs> the best you you could possibly. That's definitely too long for a Twitter handle. So tweet at me some, some suggestions based on You're what so you know stupid. I like. Harry Potter. I like PlayStation. I like Spider-Man. Andy likes tipping cows over. So you should I, recommend I've one. Never like even, I've never even touched a cow in real life. <laughs> that's not even true. He used to tip cows over for fun. He's oh a horrible God. person. No, that's rude. <laughs> So tweet at me and let me know what you think my name should be, whether it's serious or not. Who knows? I basically just said you abuse animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chad just, you know, casually just going to throw it here. Holden, he animals. Would you, do you think you'll ever change your name? Yes, 100%, absolutely. What is I'm your name now? It. Nero something uh, goddamn shit? Nero1393, and I'm going to change it to... Um, Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Why? Oh, it's Because true. somebody else is going to take it. Well, no one knows how I'm going to spell that, though, so... Boom. I think what's interesting, though, is that... Can you bleep that out? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that was at 39 minutes. Great. So 
Um, I think what's we've really interesting. We've never bleeped something before. It'll be the first time. No, we've de- we, we've edited something out before. Yes, also something that I think that I said. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, what was I going to? Oh, so what's interesting is that your your original name, whether it is Cow Tipper Nero, goddamn shit, or fucking that is my name, Nero, goddamn shit, Boner Six Sixty Nine, whatever it is. That's still on the back end, at the very least, going to be your PSN ID for the rest of time. But you're just going to have a new nickname that kind of covers that up so no one else sees it. Yeah, that's a good So that means that solution. you're – yeah, but the, also, like, you can't release a name for someone else to use now because that name will forever oh. be taken. Yeah. So if you're like eh, – if you were holding fine. on hope, you're like, oh, my God, maybe I can convince that person to let me have their name. Nope, never going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if I want to sw- – like, let's say that I liked Cow Tipper a lot. Even if I liked your name a lot, I wouldn't want to take it because then I'll be getting, like, hey, Chad, like, it's been a while. How have you been? Like, messages on PSN. No, but, like, can you imagine if if you had, like, Holden DePardo on everything except for on PSN, someone already had that, and you had to be Holden underscore DePardo? Oh, I'm like, yeah. God, if, if I could just be Holden DePardo. I would pay money for something like that if I cared, if I cared about that. Yeah. But I don't, so – but you know what I care about? Pizza. Borderlands 2 v fucking R. This announcement but, came out of nowhere. But, but wait, what? do you also care about pizza? I mean, yeah, pizza's great, man. Okay, cool, we can move on then. Borderlands 2 VR is uh, an announcement that came out to celebrate the two-year anniversary of PlayStation VR. And it is coming December 14th. It is the full experience of Borderlands 2, mm-hmm. minus a the couple of things. single-player experience. Full single player experience, right? But it's not like a truncated version of the game, yeah. Uh, story length wise, you are playing through the campaign. Uh, it is single player only, which means they've reworked some of the skills because some of them are like support based skills. But you get to play as one of the four original characters: the Gunzerker, the Soldier, uh, Maya. I forget what I forget the name of her character, but the one with the magic, or Zero, the Ninja. Um, there's going to be a couple of new mechanics like the Bamf, badass mega fun to slow down the time. Every time I see Banff, I think of our segment, Barf. Every time I see Banff, I think of Dane Cook. What? He had a, a, one of his jokes on, I think it was a retaliation CD back in 2004. When did he say Banff? He had, a, he had a, whole, a whole joke around Banff, badass motherfucker. Oh, I don't even remember that. Um, anyway, it is move and DualShock compatible. I think that's going to be really cool when you have two move controllers and you can separately control the two guns. Mm-hmm. You have the option of joystick movement or teleporting like you do in um, a lot of VR games. As someone who plays a lot of VR games, which do you prefer? I I prefer the joystick movement. I, I agree. Me, me too. Yeah. I think this game, I never would have seen it coming in a million years, but I think this game is actually perfect for VR because this, the graphics are already a cell-shaded art style. So there's not a whole lot of like, oh my god, we're gonna have reduced textures and things like that. It's it's a perfect yeah. art style for VR. The screen door effect won't be as noticeable in in that kind of art style right. as well. And it's the like the whole thing is built around giant monsters and a ton of really big stupid guns. So the sense of scale that you oh, get from VR yeah. is going to be that's incredible. A really good point. With and being able to fucking see Claptrap walk out. Uh, Claptrap is one of the most brilliant characters ever created. And Tiny Tina. I oh my god! I can't fucking wait to play this game. I can't wait. 
Well, I'm happy for you, Chad. You like you texted me like, "Oh my god, I can't wait," which you don't usually do that too often. Actually, this I texted you. I texted you. Borderlands clap <laughs> two clap V clap R clap. But you That's were very excited. Specifically, what I cla- texted you. Yeah, I was just going for the emotion of what you were. You were and getting, then I tapped. You felt. And then I typed P clap S clap V clap R clap. You're very excited. Yes. How excited are you about this next story, Chad? Not at all. A fucking course. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those oh well duh stories. So uh, Sony has confirmed it's working on the next PlayStation console. Didn't they already confirm this? So he says uh, this is from um, the Sony CEO uh, Kenichi- is it uh, Kenichiro Yoshida? Kenichiro Yoshida. Kenichiro Yoshida. At this point, what um, what I can say is it's necessary to have next generation hardware. That's the quote that's been causing a storm in the news. Yep. I would yes. say if they came out and said, oh, no, we haven't started on working on next generation hardware, I'd be like, fucking sell all your Sony stock right now. They're not going to make it next gen. Yeah. So well, also, course. do you know when they started working on PS5? The day after PS4 came out. Yeah. <laughs> that's when they started. I read Mark Sony's journal. I know everything about it. <laughs> Actually, I don't understand a word that comes out of his mouth because he's too brilliant. The next quote, and this quote is actually more important here. This is from um, John Codera. He's the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. He said, we will use the next three years to prepare um, the next step, to crouch down so that we can jump higher in the future. I just think actually that's the quote that was from a little while ago. That is from a long, yeah, a few months yeah. ago. And I wanted to bring that back up again because the time frame there, the next three years, um, I wanted to bring that up for our next um, segment as well. Oh, so hold on to that. That's going to kind of wrap up. So hold on to that little thought there. But I just think it's ridiculous. The story is being thrown around. It's one of those. Of course, they have. They're working on this. They have to be working on this. Um, it doesn't really say anything. It doesn't say anything at all. It's not really worthwhile. Yep. So, oh, you know what I missed though. Sorry. What? I just in my head I jumped back to Borderlands Two. They released a DLC where you could play as a Mechromancer. Where you're a little girl that runs around and you summon this this <clears throat> mech golem that has different elements and shit like that. I would that's that was not a character they announced for Borderlands 2 VR, but God, I would love to play that. <laughs> I guess I'll have to play it on my Vita. Well, not gonna play it on a PS5. Nope. Maybe. So maybe it might yeah. be backwards compatible. Who knows? <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Whew. All right. So Sony kind of talked about PS5 a little bit there, although they didn't use the term PS5. But let's move on to the Microsoft segment here because there was some next-gen stuff that was actually worth talking about there. Oh, shit. This is interesting. So this is coming from uh, Games Radar, and they they were reporting out a LinkedIn job listing for Infinity Ward, who makes Call of Duty. And it says that they're looking for someone who is a temporary game designer, looking for someone who has a strong interest and passion for first-person shooter games, quote, an exciting unannounced next-gen title. Now, that's not too surprising in and of itself. They're probably working on a next-gen game. But where it's interesting is, is that their Infinity Ward is the next developer up for a Call of Duty game. That's right. And it's going to release next year. So that's... Probably the best evidence we've gotten yet that next gen's happening sooner than we think. Now, to play devil's advocate. Yes. This has a chance of maybe being 
a GTA 5 situation where, yes, there will be a next-gen version, but maybe it's not coming at the same time as it normally does. Maybe it comes the next year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, they wouldn't release a... a previous year's version on a new gen console they would just release yeah. the next call of duty so that's what i'm thinking too that, that's what i'm thinking and to kind of build off of that i'm thinking this is going to be like ghost the call of duty ghost it came on 360 and ps3 what you said came so i repeated came oh i didn't hear you okay um it came on ps3 and 360 as well as coming to xbox one and ps4 did I say that enough times for you? Is that good? That's just overindulgent. <laughs> so I think it's going to be one of those situations where it's available on next gen. But here's where it gets interesting. So the quote from earlier on Sony was three years time frame. That's putting a PlayStation 5 at around 2021. So this has a next gen console coming out in 2019. Microsoft has been more open about working on a next gen console. They said as much at E3 this year. Yeah. The more I think about that, after hearing this Infinity Ward thing, why would they say, hey guys, by the way, we're working on next-gen consoles, and then not talking about it again until 2020? No, you know what it is? What is it? This is uh, them getting a head start on the new Nintendo Switch. (laughs) It's the next-gen of Nintendo Switch. That's what it is. They're going to release a high-end first-person shooter on the new Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So, this is... My theory. This is just based off of the story and kind of like, well, if this were to really happen, I think this is how this would play out. Microsoft has said they're working on multiple consoles. We have hypothesized, there have been rumors that there's a streaming box as well as a traditional console. I think in late 2019, they're going to release the traditional console version. No one has ever said they're going to release at the same exact time. So what if they just do the traditional console which is going to be expensive because it's going to be a probably higher end when they know they're going to have the lower end as well. So probably like five $600, I'm thinking, for the next Xbox 2019 next year. That system will be capable of the streaming service that they have announced. We'll talk about that in a little bit. will be capable of that, but it's still going to be in that beta, or at least they're going to use it as kind of like a testing of running this on next-gen hardware. That way they can perfect all that stuff for 2020 when they release the $100 streaming box version of it, all of which would happen before Sony releases their console in 2021. There are a few issues that Microsoft could have if they do it this way, which I can get into if you want to, but I think that timeline would kind of make sense. That's interesting. Based on, based on you know, like the precedent they set with the Xbox One S and the One X... And then kind of what we'll get into here with the the X Cloud, I would guess maybe it would be the other way around, that they might release like the cheap streaming version first and then release the beefy version with the But I think it'd be later. I think that's fair, but I think it'd be harder to sell a higher end unit once the cheaper one has already been out than it would be. It's kinda like, oh, it's kinda like the iPhone XS and the ten R right now oh, I really want to get the new iPhone. I want to get the XR, but I want those new features right now. I'm going to get the more expensive one because I want to get it right now. And I think they might bank a little bit on that, which is I want to get the new Xbox. I want to play you know games on next-gen system. I'll spend the $500 right now and get that. And then in the meantime, they can use that to work on that streaming service to make sure that when it does launch, 
with the $100 box or whatever the streaming box end up, ends up uh, costing, they know it's going to be perfected to the point where if someone just decided, ah, on a whim, I'm going to go ahead and buy this for $100, mm-hmm. they would have a pleasant experience. I think you make a good point, but I think they might do the opposite because also Xbox One X, to our knowledge, is not sold as well as the Xbox One S did. Right. And this is probably a discussion, a larger discussion for another day. But yeah. also keep in mind that if they sold the beefy one for several hundred dollars, they most likely, as is normal with consoles, be selling that at a loss anyway. Mm-hmm. So they might, if they're if they're doing it in order to ramp up profit and things like that for the the later version, they mm-hmm. might actually make more of a profit on what equates to basically a Chromecast. That's true. That's true. Um, that's a good point. The other concern I had is if they did, let's say they did release the box in 2019. I think the downside of that would be that's two years before PS5 comes out, which means that if it's going to be as powerful as a PS5, it's going to be really fucking expensive in 2019. If it's not as powerful as a PS5 and it's affordable in 2019, how is it going to stack up in 2021 to PS5? Will they have released at that point, like an Xbox One X version of this next Xbox? Like the kind of beefier version? Like, what's that going to look like? They've also said it's a console generation. Are they going to go for every two years, new consoles come out? Who knows? But they could run into some problems if they release that early. Yeah. Most deaf. Most deaf. You don't pronounce the T. I just... I was just actually thirsty to me to pronounce the T. It just kind of came out. That's what she said. All right, cool. Are we ready to move on? <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, uh, there's one more Microsoft story. I forgot. So there are some sources that say that Microsoft is pretty close to buying Obsidian, developer of KOTOR 2. That's the Mm -hmm. Old Republic 2 uh, and a lot of other stuff. But there are three sources. Apparently the deal is not finalized, but it's it's more of a matter of when, not if. Uh, 90% done is what they're kind of saying is that that deal is pretty close to closing. Uh, I liked so Obsidian and Microsoft both said we don't comment on rumor or speculation, but Obsidian went further and said, "Yeah, I love other this. than to say that the album Rumors by Fleetwood Mac still holds up." <laughs> <laughs> um, this would make sense considering Microsoft has been buying studios left and right lately. Yeah, and having a big RPG studio is is smart. I know that Gorilla is kind of doing the RPG thing now with horizon but it's a di- i think it's a different kind of rpg yeah so they they can work well together i like that i like that yeah. story good for them let's move on to our main quest that's I'm excited what rhymes to talk with about spain this. blessed spain has been blessed this evening with our voices i haven't <laughs> checked our like countries do we still have people who listen to us in spain i don't know uh i don't know i haven't checked in a while well if you do we're hashtag blessed to have you <laughs> yeah I know Japan has been really big lately, which is, I don't know why, but it has been. So our main quest today is talking about cloud game streaming, both Microsoft and Google, yeah. and we have experience with one of those. Mm-hmm. And we've already spoiled it and told you which one it is, but if you have Alzheimer's, you probably don't even remember who we are. <laughs> also, what's the demographic of Alzheimer's video gamers that listen to podcasts? I'm not going to put anyone in a box. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So let's talk about the Microsoft one first, then we'll go into the uh, Google stuff. Yes, please. So Microsoft announced what they're calling 
Project X Cloud. Terrible name. Yep, terrible name, but it's because Xbox. I get it, yeah, but it's it, a terrible name. It makes name. sense, but it's terrible. It is a terrible name. So this game is going. This system is going to stream games to just not just consoles, but to PC, tablet, smartphones. Um, it's going to actually work the Bluetooth connection on the controller, which surprised me. Yeah, uh, that's another opportunity for lag. So I'm, I'm curious how well that works. The Google one, you have to have wired. So that was interesting. You, what's cool too is you can actually just use. I guess also too for uh, like smartphones and tablets, you're going to need to have a wireless connection anyway for that. But you can connect your Xbox controller to an iPhone, is what it sounds like, which is kind of cool. Right. They'll have a mount for Xbox controllers to put yep. your smartphone on it. Which actually doesn't seem like a bad way to play, honestly. Like, if I were on a plane or something, or I guess yeah. I only work on a plane. I guess, I don't know, as Wi-Fi on planes gets better, that could work. So they've shown off Sea of Thieves on this, Gears of War on this, and Halo, but they really want to get third-party content on there as well. In fact, they're designing this in a way that third parties won't have to do anything. They just make their games like they normally make their games, and then they're going to work on their end to make sure that they can stream. It seems like basically they're just, like, putting Xboxes as servers, yeah, so it's kind of just like the Xbox hardware tailored to be a server instead. So everything should run exactly as developers expect it to, which is cool. I'm not sure how that differs from Google if they're trying to really replicate like a gaming PC and they do it the same way. I'd imagine they probably are. Um, but they also Microsoft's kind of saying that they're going to have an advantage over everybody else because they have they have the um, Azure cloud technology that. Is is huge. That is again like business and enterprise. Yeah, that is a hugely used cloud service. The actually that is a huge benefit for them. Here's the part that blew me away though. They don't want to get this just working on Wi-Fi and 5G, which we've talked about 5G being a place for game streaming. Right. They want to get this on 4G networks as well. That's interesting. That is interesting. I think part of their strategy is that Azure service because, uh, quite honestly, there are two main and and cloud services and cl- sorry cloud servers there are mm-hmm. two really big companies there's microsoft azure and there's amazon and in fact most other companies rent server space from those two companies so the yes. fact that microsoft has these this infrastructure set up all over the world that means that wherever you are happen to be streaming from you're probably in close proximity to one which reduces lag a ton which mm-hmm. might be the key to getting this to work on 4g networks Yes, definitely. I'm curious to see how that works. I think Google also has a similar benefit, but they have their servers are more for a consumer infrastructure rather than a business infrastructure. Right. Um, so they probably have a similar benefit there. And we'll get to how well that works in a second. I think that Microsoft and Google are going to own video game streaming. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested and very excited for what the what this future becomes like i love mm-hmm. that these companies are coming out of the gate and pushing this technology otherwise we would just be like sitting with boxes in front of our tvs like normal for the rest of time but even though this technology might not be there or maybe they're like we don't fucking know how it's gonna happen but we want it to happen on 4g i think that's really cool that they are pushing so hard to get it to work and i think that also means it's gonna happen sooner rather than later as well because yeah. 4g is gonna be a standard for a while but if they knew that this was going to be something in the future, they'd be focusing on just 5G. Yeah. So the oh, fact yeah. That it's going to take a long time for 5G to come to most of the world. Exactly. Um, so that's really exciting there. We don't know any how well this is going to work. But I think this is an opportunity to jump into the Google side. Because if it works as well as I had an experience with the Google Project Stream, 
then Microsoft is going to be in a good place as well. I, I think one last thing I want to uh, sorry one yeah. last thing I want to point out about Project X Cloud is yeah. um, there's an interesting cool thing where you can play it with an Xbox controller, obviously connected to any device that you have. Yeah, but they're also going to be working with helping developers. They're working on touch input basically. So if you yes, just want to play it with your phone. That. Mm-hmm. You can. They're working on a way to optimize games. They're trying to figure out how to condense all of those controls into a like small space on your screen and how to have it work naturally. They're saying the Xbox controller will work no matter like right out of the box as if it should, and then they can work with developers to have have support for the touch input as well. Yeah, in some games though, that's just not going to be useful. Throw a grenade. Yeah, not looking forward to that. Um... But, I mean, they have to. Yeah. They have to. Um, going on to Google, though, um, I was really impressed by what I experienced with Google. Well, and For anyone who doesn't know, what is Project Stream? Yeah, so Project Stream is Google's streaming service. It runs through a Chrome browser. It is in beta right now. So this is just a test, and they're giving any beta test users, if you signed up, access to Assassin's Creed Odyssey until January 5th or 15th? 15th of uh, 2019, just to test the service and play the game, it was seamless to get working. I Literally had a just... lot of trouble with my Uplay account, but that is unrelated. <laughs> okay, I I don't have a Uplay account, so I made a new one. Okay. So I, that wasn't an issue for me at all. Um, but they've been letting people play it, and some some journalists have kind of shared their impressions of it. Just to kind of get it down to just a few points here. They basically say that the visual quality can suffer a little bit when you're playing, but the response of the game is actually pretty impressive. Many saying that they can actually see themselves playing a full game this way. And this was interesting to me because I don't have a, I don't have a comparison um, to this, but they were saying that Assassin's Creed Odyssey launches faster on Project Stream than it does on the console version of the game. Well, that makes sense. Um, it's probably running on a giant, beefy-ass computer on that server. Mm-hmm. But we played so, it, so we, we have played our own it as well. impressions. And I kind of gave you my impression that it was good. But one thing to note, Chad has great internet connection. I have notoriously bad internet connection. Yeah. So whenever, so we're doing we're, a little peek behind the curtain. We are doing this over FaceTime audio because if we do a video connection, it just cuts out and all that because my internet connection is really bad. It so we sucks. really wanted to test it between him and me to see what the experience is like because if it works well for me, that's really impressive for the technology. I didn't expect it to work well for me. And it did. It worked really well. So tell me, what what's your uh, internet speeds that you got? Um, it didn't tell me the internet speeds. Actually, I should probably do a speed test I right told now. you to do a speed test before you play, Holden. You did. I want to do And you speed... said that's a really great idea. Yeah, I know. What's, what um, what website do you use for your speed test? That way... Google has a, an unbiased one in their just search bar now. Google speed uh, test. So I'll start by telling you about my experience then. So I have really, really great internet. I did a speed test just before. I have no 100 and, 175 down, 175 megabits per second, and 20 megabits up. Um, so to give you an idea, Netflix suggests 10. You have to have 25 to be a part of this beta, and I have 175. So I go in really great. And aside from all the hiccups with Uplay and literally taking an hour and 15 minutes with support to get it all taken care of, I finally was able to jump into this game, and I came away impressed with the technology. 
I'm at 38 down, 14 up, by the way. That's actually way better than I thought it would be. Yeah, that's a lot better than I thought it would be, too. Yeah. I came away impressed with the technology and the fact that it worked. I I, I don't know why I, I was assuming that it wouldn't work that well. Well, because we've had experience with like Google, uh, not Google, uh, PlayStation Now and stuff, where it's kind of worked but not super well. I personally, I've I've made this known. I've personally had only great experiences with PlayStation Now, the few that I've had. But also, uh, and I'll be tying this back to you a little bit. I've done a lot of games streaming via remote play, which is a little bit different since my PlayStation is the server. But um, I have a feeling that once this actually hits prime time and is no longer in beta, it will be a very viable service and a legitimate way you could play this game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm actually thinking, oh, I'm going to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey, actually. Like, I think I'm going to keep playing the game. I will not. I So, I right off the bat, I could tell, I was like, these textures, some of these textures definitely look like they're probably the scaled-down version for the PC game in order to make it run. And to, so, everyone knows it's running at 1080p, 30 frames a second, or that's the, that's the goal that they run, they shoot for. Um... So some of the textures I could tell, I was like, oh, that's definitely a lower resolution texture, probably to make it run smoother. But I did, about five minutes into it, start to experience hiccups. Uh, it started with just dropping a couple frames here and there, about maybe every 15 to 20 seconds. At what point do you mean? So like when it started off for me, there was like a little uh, cutscene, and then it got into the gameplay where you're fighting a bunch of soldiers. Right. And, about and... halfway through the, the fight of the bunch of soldiers, which is the okay. very first thing. We're not spoiling anything about the game. We, I played 45 minutes, hold and played half hour, so we're n- no spoilers. Uh, halfway through that fight scene, I did this move where it like makes you super beefy for a few seconds. As mm. soon as I hit that, that's when I noticed the first slowdown. But then it was consistent from there through the rest of my experience. About every 12 to 15 seconds, 15, 20 seconds, it would, I, I'd have some frames dropped. Only once or twice was it to a point where, like, I was worried the game would, like, stop and crash for a second. But I would have some pretty consistent resolution jumps. Like, I could... It was really, like, acceptable in 1080p, like, clear, maybe about a quarter of the time. And then about half of the time, it it looked like it had a slight smear of Vaseline over it. And then sometimes it was, like, I couldn't even make out people's faces on it. Which was really surprising to me, given the download speeds that I have. And I was like, all right, maybe it's because I'm playing in my bedroom. So then I moved out to the ra- like six feet from the router in my living room, and I continued to have all of the same issues. Um, and it's, it wasn't... A, it, wasn't um, it, it was definitely still playable. I would not say that that made the game unplayable, but it's not the ideal way to play a game for me. It's kind of like... If someone hands you a book and like, hey, here's this New York Times bestseller and you can read it. And I was like, great. But every 15 seconds, they just go and blow in your eyeball. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can enjoy page. this book. Just blow the page a little bit. Yeah. It's like, I can definitely enjoy this book. Or there's like someone reading over your shoulder the whole time, just kind of humming something. I can enjoy this book, <laughs> but it's not the way that I want to consume this book. But I think that eventually it will get there. This is obviously the first week of the beta test of this one game on their servers. I'm I'm going to revisit it in a couple weeks and see how that experience might have improved with feedback and things like that. And what I actually really like about it is that when you quit the game, they ask you, hey, how was your experience today? You can give comments. They have a little question box and things like that. So, yeah, I, I, the, I was impressed with the technology. It wasn't quite up to snuff for me yet, like, connection-wise. And 
input lag was not actually bad. I only really noticed the input lag occasionally in, like, when you're moving the cursor around the screen to select things. Uh, I noticed that there was a, a slight bit of a lag to it. Um, and then there were just, like, two or three times when I would, like, I would press a button and it just wouldn't register the button press. So it'll get I, there, I think, for me. What was your experience like, though? It sounds like I had a better experience than you. Yeah? Yeah. So, for starters, like, the the cutscenes, never had a problem during the cutscenes. The textures, I mean, I didn't expect it to look as good as it would on a console. So I knew it wasn't going to look as sharp. But I was really impressed by how good it did look and how smoothly, like, the cutscenes ran. I didn't see a change in the textures while I was watching the, the cutscene, specifically the cutscene. Sure. Um, when you get to the video, the actual gameplay, when you are in the battle and you're surrounded by a lot of NPCs, there was definitely a lot happening on screen. Yes, I did notice it, it dropped at one point. It said on screen, spotty connection, and then it dropped to a pretty low resolution, but... The responsiveness never dropped for me. I never had a problem with responsiveness. In fact, I couldn't believe how responsive it was. It was slightly off, yeah. but like slightly. I did not got. To, I did not get to a point where I'm like, oh, I got hit because I hit the block button, but not fast enough because the lag. That never yeah. happened. Yeah, like input if, lag for me was the same. It was it was yeah. pretty much equivalent to whatever the, yeah. remote play experiences I've had. But besides that one dip where the resolution dropped a lot, n- there were no problems. Like it was super smooth in visual clarity and in its frame rate consistency, minus like that one moment and uh, in a cutscene later on. You know, like when a video game loads, like you can tell it's loading a new portion of a cutscene. Yeah. Like, either based on what you said, it, it had a response load up or something like that. Yeah. There was a slight, like, frame rate hiccup in that transition. But I've also seen things like that in a normal game anyway. So, like, right. I couldn't really tell if that was because of Project Stream or if that was because that's the game. That's how the game was coded. I don't know. Um, I also ran into one weird thing where, like, this like, guy got punched in the face um, in a cutscene. And there was, like, a del- like a slight, like, few millisecond delay between him getting punched and, like, that leathery snap sound of someone getting punched. And um, that's the kind of hard thing. Like, the th- is, was that the game or was that the stream? That's hard to decide there. Yeah. Um, but I-, I was really impressed. Like, I can see playing this game. I, I w- can't believe I'm saying that. But I can see using this as a service in its current state. I was I'm impressed by how well it works in its current state. And I think like you're gonna give it a few weeks and come back to it. I also played this a few hours ago when it probably wasn't at peak time, so it might be part of it. But I was really impressed. And actually the fact that I it sounds like our hiccups were pretty much the same if the most part. I think it sounds like yours were a little bit worse. Yeah. Mine mostly was um, like the frame rate hiccups and then Yeah, which I didn't really have not any quite that kind of stuff. The whole time. Yeah, I didn't really have any of that kind of stuff. I'm too bad, and I had a I have a much slower internet connection than you you do, so I'd say it's probably if anything just the timing maybe when you were playing and how many people were on at that time because you played last night, didn't you? Yeah, I played like last when you first night got access nine p.m. Central, which is probably when a lot of people got their first access and. Yeah, in. that's. I even mentioned that like in the little response. I was like, "Hey, here are all the things that I had, all the issues. I'm mm-hmm. excited to try it again at a different time of day or after a couple of weeks." Like, cause 
that could definitely have an effect on it. Yeah, but I'm overall I'm I'm very very impressed, and then it makes me more confident that this streaming stuff is is going to be ready way sooner than we think. And maybe uh, Yves Guillemot was right. Yves Guillemot. The next generation of consoles could be the last generation of consoles as we know it. Could be. And I'm I by based on this demo I played, I can see that. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. I think based on this It's beta. I could I could see a feasible like fall twenty nineteen release of this as an actual consumer service. Yep. They the thing they have to do, I mean obviously just between the two of us, they they have to work on somehow providing a consistent enough experience from user to user, taking into account all of these crazy ass variables yeah to make it uh something that someone in the middle of nebraska can have the same experience as someone in the middle well, of san francisco i mean you're, you're living in a, in a city where someone in the apartment next to you could have something right up against the wall that's interfering with your router and you have no idea as well like yeah you could have variables that i don't have when i'm in a suburb yeah but yeah i'm i'm impressed i want to see more but that's all i really have to say not all i've got to say about that well, that's all I've got to say about that as well. That brings us to the end. Of our- <laughs> Sorry, Forrest Gump was here as our third lifelong friend for just a second. That's the end of our main quest. Let us know if you're actually in the project stream. If you guys are taking part in that and have some impressions, please let us know. Because I'd love to, like, the more anecdotal evidence we have to kind of see, like, in general, whether things are going well or not so well for this, mm-hmm. the better. Yep. And that brings us into our end game. It's the end game. Boys to Man edition. <laughs> Boys and men have nothing to do with this. The end game is where we connect with you, the audience, in a myriad of ways. Whether it is uh, through our participation trophy, which oh my god, how do you get entered into the participation trophy? Well, every week you can either refer a friend to us, review our podcast, or communicate with us on Twitter, and you'll have an entry that you can then possibly win in a raffle at the end of the month for twenty dollars towards the gaming service of your choice. <laughs> Just like Fezd and Drawbean have the last three months. And then uh, we also do things like talk about our barf for the month, which is what, Holden? Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That's right. Barf is backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. And we've started to introduce a new segment this month called Little Bits of Barf. And it's just (laughs) a, a, a couple of things about our game that we are playing for the month. One, to keep it in our minds and keep it current so that we can remember to go back and fucking play it before the end of the month. But two, to just kind of trickle out this game over the entire course of the month so that we don't get to the end of it and be like, oh yeah, that's right, they were fucking playing that this week. So I wanted to show, uh, share a couple of bits of barf about Castlevania Symphony of the Night with you guys. Did you know that the development started on a Castlevania game, of this Castlevania game, was slated to be released for the Sega 32X? It was using the title The Bloodletting, and it had a couple of available versions, but Konami decided to move That's away from that console. That's a dope name. Yeah, The Bloodletting. The Bloodletting. Uh, also, for Kojo Igarashi, who's the writer and programmer for, and one of the programmers for Castlevania Symphony of the Night, regular action games were too short, and he wanted to create a game that could be enjoyed for a long time. So consequently, the development team abandoned the stage-by-stage progression of previous Castlevania games in favor of an open castle, that the player could freely explore, which is Symphony of the Night. Igarashi looked to the Legend of Zelda series, which involved much exploration and backtracking to extend the amount of gameplay. And then finally, I thought this was really interesting. The game is presented using 2D visuals, mainly sprites animated over scrolling backgrounds, but 
the PlayStation had no hardware capable of scrolling, which led to the developers <laughs> having to use the same methods for displaying character sprites to display the backgrounds. Interesting. Yeah, the backgrounds are basically giant sprites that are going back and forth as you move through them. And uh, there's an interview with... Uh, so like you're not moving your character, you're moving the background? No, you're moving your character, but oh, then okay. as you kind of get towards the edge of the screen or towards the top of it, whatever it is that you're Oh, you're that's moving. when sprites readjust. Yeah. Move. Okay. Uh, apparently it took up a shit ton more memory than they anticipated in order to make that happen. But that's interesting, working with limitations of hardware. That, that PlayStation had no hardware capable of scrolling. That is too funny. So we'll revisit a couple more bits of barf next week when we talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Very cool. And then we also have a poll that we do each month, every week. God damn it. This one was unrelated to any of that. And it says, on Twitter, we tweeted, which food is Sonic the Hedgehog's favorite? If you guys watch the cartoon, you know the answer to this one. Is it rings, chili dogs, mediocrity, or baby chows? I don't know the answer to this. I never watched. It is Chili Dogs. Jaleel White, who was Steve Urkel, voiced Sonic the Hedgehog in the cartoon. <laughs> and they loved Chili Dogs. 45% of people got it right. 27% also got it right by saying mediocrity. And then Baby Chows was 19 with rings at 9%. Sonic the Hedgehog, man. That game fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you liked Sonic Mania last year, though, didn't you? I never played it. I, oh, I thought you played it. As a kid, I think I just maybe I liked blue things as a kid. <laughs> I thought Sonic was the coolest fucking thing. I had Sonic comic books. I had all the Sonic Game Gear games. I had Sonic Adventure. And I thought Mega Man was cool as shit. But I never beat any of the games. And I got older and realized they're not good games. I mean, Mega Man, I'm sure. But people fucking love it. But I, it was just not something that I enjoyed at all. I don't know many people who claim that... They liked Sonic as a kid and now also still like it as an adult. I don't hear many people say that. Most people go, yeah, I like Sonic as a kid, but not as much anymore. It's kind of yeah. the consensus that I hear. Even um, um, uh, Nick, at where, where do you work, has that Sonic tattoo. And I think even he's like, oh, I'm not too into Sonic anymore. <laughs> he has a Sonic tattoo. Gotcha. If I remember correctly. I was trying to – I was like, who is Nick? Gotcha. Gotcha. I know yeah. who you're talking about now. There are 200 people that work there. Um, <laughs> subscriber Interrogatives is a place where you guys can oh. connect with us as well and ask us some cool questions like Fez did. Holden, would you read this for me? I will. You're at Responding Fire. What is your opinion on single-player games having optional microtransactions to save time grinding experience and levels? Assassin's Creed Odyssey, also favorite game to date, now that um, you can always go back to and replay for... what? Also favorite game to date... Oh, also your favorite game to date... Now that you always go back to and replay for life. I thought he was saying Assassin's Creed was his favorite game for a second. Right, no, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is an example of the Yeah, it is question. the example. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, let's start with the first question. So, um, yeah, transactions. This one's interesting. So the, the We've touched on this a little bit before. Did we? We have, yeah. It's uh, So this is, yeah, a, a thing that's coming up about Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now where you can essentially pay $10 to get mm -hmm. a permanent experience boost. Yeah, so that, we haven't talked about it in context of Assassin's Creed Odyssey just right. this concept of yeah paying so, to increase your experience. What this does in Assassin's Creed Odyssey specifically, there will be points in the main quest where you will. By the way, they totally ripped that off from us. 
Uh, there will be points in the story <laughs> where you are level 24, you beat a level 24 quest, and then the next quest is like level 32. You're like, well, shit, I got to grind eight levels in order to do the next thing in the story. So now you got to go out and suddenly do a bunch of stuff. Whereas if you had bought this $10 thing, you might just already be 32 by the time you get there. Um, in, as, in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, what I'm hearing so far from it is that it actually encourages you to explore the world more, which is actually what that game is really fucking great at, apparently. So I think they do it well, and uh, anecdotally, from everything I'm reading on the internet, that game, it doesn't feel like padding or fluff or anything like that. Versus when we saw this happen with Shadow of War. You remember when that came out with the... Mm-hmm. Um, forgot, not Forgotten Realms, fucking Middle-Earth Shadow of War, where, yeah, you could you could basically pay for upgrades that would fast track you through the game to get like a better fort it's... or something like that right what's that what's this i get like a better fort as well yeah and you could buy like orcs like high level orcs or mm-hmm. loot boxes that would get you exclusive orcs and things like that but yeah i i think it's it depends on the way that the developers do it and quite honestly with the length of assassin's creed odyssey and what it be if i played this game to the end i don't have time to play all of these fucking games mm-hmm. i think I would probably get that pass, that $10 pass, just to give me the ability to enjoy the entire game for at least the main story and some of the side quests in a manageable amount of time for me as an adult. And I'm willing to pay an extra $10 to make that happen. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I sit too. My issue with microtransactions is really only when it gives you an unfair advantage when playing against other people. Whereas this is just making your own single-player experience better. Yeah, It's not hurting anybody. Um, it's not going to affect anything at all. It's still fair because it's... You're not ruining someone else's experience by doing yeah. this. And as long so as the I, grind... I don't have a like, with if, this. if it is single-player, as long as the grind itself is not unfun. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Whereas, like, uh, in Battlefront 2, they purposely added all this grinding to entice you to want to spend money. So, yeah, if it's just kind of to make it so that, like, you kind of put it, I want to play this game, but I don't want to sink 60 hours into it. I want to spend a weekend with it and enjoy that weekend or something like that. Yeah. So I don't have a problem in that context with microtransactions. Next part of the question says, also, favorite game to date that you can always go back to and replay for life? Hold on, do you have a game that, that fits this? I actually don't think that I do, honestly. Mm, I do. I do. I've already played it four times, and I plan on playing it again very soon. Uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Oh, I, okay. I fucking love that game. It's it's a walking simulator, but they mm-hmm. have excellent voice acting. It is a wonderfully tragic story that unfolds in a really cool way that introduces... I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it, but uh, it's a game by the Chinese Room. Excellent score. And I just fucking love exploring that world and crying. And it's it's short enough that I can power through it in five or six hours and experience everything. And yeah, that makes it super easy. Also, my as like my parents, any of the Donkey Kong games, as we saw last month, I just powered through those in seven hours for Donkey Kong Country 2. You can always come back to those really easily. Console games, like if I really like it, I'll only really go back and play it maybe a second time. Or I'll start a second playthrough of it and 
and not finish it, just kind of just to kind of play it again and enjoy it again. Zelda games I'll go back to and play over and over again. I think Link Between Worlds is the Zelda game I've played the most, just with different versions of, of playing it, with three hearts or three hearts on hard mode, three hearts, no fairies, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But the only games I really return back to is is mobile games, and I think it's just because they're easy to re-download again and play for a minute and then put away. Sure. So, like, I'll go back and play Threes a lot. I'll go back and play Game Dev Story, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I'll, I, I tried to find Boost 2, but it's not on Android. God. I sw- could have sworn that I did have it on Android. Damn it. Yeah, it's very upsetting. So, like, I'll I'll go back for those kinds of experiences, but I just, I don't know. I don't really go back to play games that often. All right. That brings us to the end of our subscriber. For a full playthrough, at least. Gotcha. For a full, yeah, for a full playthrough, at least. Thank you, Fez, for writing in. Um, that now brings us to our final segment called Game on Game Show, where we play games on our game show, and it's a game show on our game thing. <laughs> we have another returning segment of Video Game Would You Rather this week. I don't think any of them are going to be quite as good as the Kirby Metal Gear Solid, Solid Snake one that I had last time. <laughs> but here's what we've got. Starting off strong, Holden, would you rather fart peanut butter, a full jar of Skippy cream, creamy peanut butter with every fart, or live life, live life as Tingle from The Legend of Zelda, but in the real world? Oh, man. I hate Tingle. I don't know. I think I'd rather have peanut butter farts than, <laughs> than be Tingle. And that's a lot of peanut butter in your pants. I know. Too, I really don't like Tingle. He's like my least favorite part of the Legend of <laughs> Zelda. I'd rather, I I'd, I'd honestly go farther than that. I'd rather just poop peanut butter and fart peanut butter. I think right. more like that's how much I don't like Tingle. Here's the thing. I think this kind of is the same lines as the Mega Man Buster arm from last week, mm-hmm. where like you could use this to be a spectacle of sorts. Like, come see the man who farts peanut butter. And as long <laughs> as it doesn't taste like poop coming out of your butt, you could sell that shit. Oh, absolutely. And there are people out there with people weird would. fetishes that would pay tons of money for your, your fart peanut butter. <laughs> you have your regulars who just come for your fart peanut butter. <laughs> but you also got to be careful, though, because if you fart, accidentally and you're just in your normal pants and you're not selling it and that's a ton of sticky gooey grossness in your also you couldn't be a real company because the you know the health inspector would have a real problem with you just got to go move to a country with some real lax uh rules yeah that sounds fair all right here we go so if you if you do poop uh if you do peanut butter farting you also have to move outside the united states it's also kind of how it works yes Question number two, would you rather stick to walls like Spider-Man, but you stick with your nipples instead of your hands? <laughs> or would you rather be able to throw and recall the Leviathan axe like Kratos, but it smacks you in the face on every trip back to you? So this comes down to basically pain or humiliation to me. The pain <laughs> of having the hammer hit my face or the humiliation of trying to climb up a wall one nipple at a time. You've got to like... You've got to, like, flop off of it and then throw yourself back on. It's like a fish almost. I think – yeah, I think that that might – because here's the thing, right? I wouldn't be inclined to use the nipple gripping power that often. But I'd be inclined (laughs) to throw an axe and catch it. So, like, I think I'll go with the nipple gripping because I won't use it that often. Therefore, I won't be embarrassed as often as it would be in pain. 
You think you would have more opportunity in your life to throw an axe than to stick to a wall? No, because it'd be enticed to do it because it's cool. It's just like I throw it and it comes back to me. You don't think crawling up a wall and hanging from the ceiling is cool? But doing it one nipple at a time, it's like, is it worth the trouble? <laughs> is it worth it? Let me work It's like it. if you found out that you were Superman, but you could only be Superman if you uh, had to lick his Nintendo Switch cartridge the entire time. Yeah. Would you Would you be Superman that often? Would yeah. Would you want to lick a Switch cartridge to be Superman that often? I wouldn't. It's not I mean, worth the I Switch I personally don't taste. know what a Switch cartridge tastes like. but Oh, it's great because you, you pussied out and you didn't want to. I didn't it. pussy out. I just didn't ever agree to do it. So. Yeah, I did it because I'm a man. <laughs> I would probably, uh, yeah, I'd probably stick to walls like Spider-Man and I would actually use it. I just wouldn't use it. I just I would I'd, just make it cool. You know, you can make stupid things look really cool. I mean, look at like the Bernie dance or or any. You'd dance. be the best planker ever. There you go. You'd be the best planker. Ever. Like, Fuck pl- yes, I would bring planking back, but I would plank yeah. upside down. Everyone would be like, "How do you Photoshop that?" And I'd be like, "Bitch, I didn't Photoshop anything. That's right. I got super nipples." That's right. All Who's right. The next one. The next question is, and this one was specifically geared towards you because I'm trying to play to your preferences. <laughs> Would you rather have a job that includes manual labor for eight hours a day? Nope, not that one. <laughs> or have a job where you have to review every Switch game and play them to completion? Ooh. I would definitely go with manual labor because it yeah. fucking get me jacked. So, yeah, and then I'm I can just come that. home and play the games I like. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that one too because this like I love buying games and not playing them, so I just wouldn't <laughs> have that option anymore. So yeah, manual labor. All right, because eventually I just get used to the manual labor. But like there would be because I'd be like better, I'd be fit, and it'd become easier over time. There you but go. Just I could play some really bad Switch games. Like I I could have to play Sushi Strikers. And I don't you, want to do you that. You would have to play Sushi Strikers. And I wouldn't want to do that. All right. Last two. These are admittedly not as good as the rest. Would you rather play all of your games? Saving the best for first. <laughs> yes. Would you rather play all of your current generation games on Virtual Boy or play all of your current current generation games on Game Boy Micro? I think the Game Boy Micro is cool. I'll pick the Game Boy Micro. Can you imagine reading any text in the game nowadays on a tiny Game Boy Micro screen? Yeah, but that might be make it kind of fun. Like, I don't know what's happening to this, but I'm just going to wander around <laughs> and try shit. That's Whereas, actually... like, Virtual Boy will be like, I'm nauseous. <laughs> I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> Fallout 3 was the reason I got an HDTV. Because <laughs> I had I had a relatively large standard definition TV. But you, it was impossible to read any of the text in Fallout 3 on that. So mm-hmm. I had to get an HGTV to read anything. And it turns out I didn't even like the game. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, I'd probably do Game Boy Micro just because wearing that headset to play all my games would be mm-hmm. exhausting. Also, like, also, I would really hate color. the color red. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Finally, number five. Would you rather play Wolfenstein 2 or lose me as a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you really put me on the spot with that one. Yeah, I told you these are geared towards you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, there's only one answer to this. I'm going to have to lose you as a friend. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it, everyone. I'm, I'm totally kidding with you. No, I'm going to play Wolfenstein, I promise. I'm going to play it at some <laughs> point. 
<laughs> that was brilliant. That was amazing. Thank you. Props. Thank you very much. That was good job. Thank you. Thank you. That wraps us up for this week's episode of Respawn Aim Fire, the irreverent kick-ass gaming podcast, previously known as Split Screen Gaming Podcast. Join us next week when we'll talk about something else. <laughs> and uh, here's our usual sign-off. Kadoodaloodaloo. <laughs> Bye.